Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Hi, my name is Saramza Pepe Bin Saad. I am of Indonesian, Aboriginal, Scottish, Chinese and and Irish in, uh, descent. Uh, born in Port Hedland, Western Australia, and I grew up in both uh, the Pilbara and the Kimberleys. Um, my mob come from West Kimberleys, which is in Derby, so that's the Nyingana people. And so I'm a proud Nyingana man. And so Saramza means the brightness of the light. Um, my dad, his name Saramza. And my name is Ramza, but they call me Suri because no one else can pronounce my name properly at school. Derby and Broome is where pretty much it's you know it's not a it's not a big place. Um, the country is I always find such beautiful colours. It's got like a turquoise blue waters, pindan, the red pindan, and the beautiful sky. Always many different colours for the sunset and sunrise. Um, so yeah, it both had the beach and and the bush. Um, best of both worlds, and plus the river and the salt, you know, salt water and the freshwater people as well. So yeah, I think we're lucky. We had be- best of both worlds. Um, it's very dry heat. Um, obviously, you know, comparison to Melbourne, I'd say it's it's much more humid. So it's very humid in the sense. Um, tropical, yeah, beautiful weather. I don't know. I I found that we lived in paradise. There's a really eclectic mix of Asian Aboriginal mix, and you've got um, Indonesian Aboriginal, then you've got the Chinese Aboriginal, then you've got the Japanese Aboriginal, and um, and Malaysian. The people are very diverse and mixed, but mainly Asianic and Aboriginal um, heritage, um, and that's due to the pearling um, industry that came through. It's that it's the same sort of culture with with the multiculturalism, and yeah, really really strong. Aboriginal sort of roots. It always is the case that someone will come in and they might they might be there for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, and they just absolutely fall in love with the place. The people are friendly, you know. The country is really inviting, and there's always a sense of um, hospitality. Um, and yeah, people they're not they're not afraid to say hello. You know, like many Australians have got a, a multicultural mix, mm. but you identify. As an Aboriginal Australian. Yeah. So tell me about your relationship to your Indigenous culture. What's crazy is that when I was was younger, I used to just love dancing. And I found that as I danced, I'd I'd somehow always incorporate animalistic movement. And I was wondering why I'm doing this. And I think instinctively in, in my, you know, I guess embedded in me, in my spirit is, is the tradition um, traditional, I guess, and spiritual essence. Um, so when I when I started, I guess, dancing and discovering stuff through dance, I realised that hang on, this is actually really. Um, I find I find I'm really connected to country through this type of movement. So I I approach one of my elders, and I ask them um, how, like, what I'm doing is it okay? Because I'm not a I was never brought up traditionally um, in the sense of ceremonial um, and I 
I, I personally was questioning what I'm doing and if it's right because I had a, I had a sense of protocol. So I think um, that was my way of getting in touch with, with my mob was through my dance. And, and it's funny because Aboriginal, you go back to Aboriginal history, it's what we practice all our lives, singing, dancing and storytelling. So I guess that's, that's always been my connection through spirit. And when we speak of spirit, it's not necessarily through, you know, how they say spirit is like a ghost, but it's more th- through feeling and the essence inside, inside you. And that's what we call our Leon. So your Leon is actually, it's not your head that thinks or your heart that feels, but more from the instinctual knowledge that is embedded in your, in your stomach. And it's, it's that sense of connection to land and country and culture. The thing is, I've got a lot of family who are traditionally brought up ceremonial um, dance and song and, and have lived their lives of complete um, cultural ways. And see, I was, I was, um, I never lived out in those communities. I lived, you know, I lived in other towns. So I never had that immediate connection to those roots. I think when I was about maybe 19, I approached one of my mimis, who's like my great uncle, and he's, he's one of the um, songmans, um, so one of the cultural leaders. And I actually asked him whether I could get permission to learn our dance. Um, and it, was, it wasn't something that you can just do straight away because he, he was saying it's something that re- it's really important for you to, and which is the truth. You've got to go out in community. You've got to spend time. You've got to gain rapport. Even if you are family, it doesn't mean you're immediately in. You've have to, you have to gain that respect as well. So I've seen that side of things, but I also felt like um, because a lot of our elders are passing away and there's this point of knowing that they hold the secret, they hold the keys to, to, this, to this other way, and which is the law, L-O-R-E not L-A-W, and with their knowledge, you know, it passes on knowledge to others, but if you don't pass it on, who's going to learn next, and how's it going to be passed on to the next generation? So I was, I think I tried to really push for uh, immediate learning, you know, because I wasn't brought up in community, I didn't have that, um, that awareness and that, that, I guess, that structure of understanding how it really worked. That was my real understanding from that age, I guess, when I started learning. Um, in, in regards to learning through cultural ways and stuff, it, it is, it's all through permission. And your elders, are, you know, they, they grant you that permission. If they think you're doing well, then they, they tell you, okay, they can teach you the next steps. So I, and that was my way of learning, was through dance. I'm a contemporary traditional dancer. So it's really modernized traditional. And it's harder to be accepted with that style or that type of movement. But that's instinctually in me. And that's what I feel. And that's my connection. So luckily I had another auntie who actually, she said, you know, I give you permission, son, because what you're doing is a beautiful thing. So that was all I needed. And that, that makes me connect to the elders and makes me connect to community and through spirit. Tell me about the process of coming out for you. I think I knew since I was about, to be honest, when I was about six years old. Um, and then I was, I was definitely sure when I was 10. Just, it was just something that I felt. I just knew. And I guess my experience was because my, my parents or my mother, she was Jehovah's Witness and so very religious and very strict. Um, and if she ever heard of anything on television that she saw about, you know, people being homosexual, it was a sin. So I was brought up in that sort of that, that environment of knowing that I cannot speak openly about my feelings of, you know, what I felt. And... So it wasn't until I was really 18 that I 
openly spoke to mum and just said, look, this is who I am. And you have to understand this is, this is what I've known. And it was a beautiful moment because that's the first time me and my mother actually really connected. And she, um, she realized in herself that she couldn't be um, a Jehovah's Witness anymore too because she, she started questioning um, whether about her own identity being an Aboriginal woman and, and knowing that her, her ways of growing up was a very, she had a very cultural upbringing and understanding of, you know, of the law. So it was like two worlds clashing together and, and she, as much as she tried to be something, she knew that it wasn't agreeing with her and her own family because it was separating us. And I think it's, it's, a, it's a crazy way of looking at it, which I've only just realised now, is probably that since I told her about not just being um, a gay man and, and, yeah, I guess proud of being who I was, only because that's my own protection, mm. because I, I knew that if, if I was to be vulnerable and not be open about knowing who I was, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to walk out in the world and, I guess, do half the things I've done. So I think it's about... It sort of changed mum's perspective because I was brought up in towns, uh, country towns, you know, and so the expectations of, of men are to be men and the women to be women. And, you know, therefore the men can't show emotion sometimes, you know. Um, you're meant to be a hunter and a gatherer and, and you know, someone who's all just just this macho sense, you know. And and my all my brothers are like that. And, I, and I've adapted to that. And that's just, that was just my way. And... It wasn't until I moved away to study dance is when I started getting in touch with my feminist, feminine side, sorry. And I guess through dance and learning about emotion and expression was when I really got in touch with who I was. So, yeah, dance has been a big part of my journey, I think, and, and my transition. Mm. As a young gay Aboriginal man coming out, what was one of the most important steps you took in that journey? Well, when I was young, um, you know, to the, to the day that I am now here, as a 40-year-old, I think it's always been through education. So as a dancer, as a, as a teacher, as a, as a performing artist, um, as an expressionist. So it's about being open and, and teaching young fellas and young girls how to be expressive and how to show their emotions openly. Um, and that was what I really started doing was you know, using the medium of dance and theatre as a tool to get people to really get in touch with themselves and to know that we all have natural emotions that are meant to be expressed. So I think that's one of my, my main basic sort of um, foundations that, that got me into that point of knowing that this is about teaching people to be okay. If they're upset, cry. You know, if, if you're angry, shout. But not to take it out on someone else and to try to deal with your own emotions because I think that's the most important thing because if you can do that, then you can, you can then learn to be more resilient in, in anything that's given back to you. Yeah. So people, people can be harsh and people can judge you, but it may, it may create strength. That was Suri Simbad. You are listening to Joy 94.9 live across Australia on the SBS digital radio network. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.